everyone. My name is Frank Driscoll, and welcome to Driscoll's Election Dissection, your election analysis for Across the Circus. I hope you're all doing well today, wherever you are. So, it is Election Day coming up here in the United States, November 7th to be exact, which is basically Christmas Day for election junkies like myself, even in a year that ends with an odd number, because there's still stuff to look at, interesting races across the country, some not interesting races as well that are happening on the 7th, and we're going to get to some important ones in just a bit. But before we do that, let's talk about what we talked about on our last show. Uh, we looked at the Louisiana gubernatorial election, and that occurred on October the 14th, and Jeff Landry, Louisiana Attorney General and Republican frontrunner, won the election outright. He got a majority, just over 51% of the state vote, and that's enough where he gets to take the rest of the month off. There will be no runoff election, as I somewhat thought would happen, but, you know, this is election dissection, not election prediction. So, you know, that that shows my strong suit right there. So, yeah, slight majority, but just enough to win the election. It's the first time that a Louisiana governor election has happened without a runoff since 2011. And uh, I want to point out something I did add. It's kind of election-related, but not really. It's funny how when I taped that episode, Steve Scalise, Republican congressman from Louisiana, was in line to become Speaker of the House. Now, that was why I added, as I taped this show, before that statement, because I didn't think something was going to happen in between then. I thought it was going to happen. But sure enough, after that, more and more people went for the speakership and lost like he did. And a Republican congressman from Louisiana did get it. <laughs> so I guess we were <laughs> we were kind of right. Yeah, Mike Johnson, who is now the current Speaker of the House, who, uh, and you know what, I'll say it again. This is election dissection, not election prediction. So yeah, if I predict something, even if it's not really a prediction, just don't go for it. It's probably not going to happen. <laughs> anyway, moving on. November 7th, as mentioned at the top of the show, is Election Day in the United States, and two states are holding gubernatorial elections, and both of them are very interesting in their own ways. So we're going to talk about those. First, we head to Kentucky in what should be the closest race on the 7th. The incumbent governor of Kentucky is Democrat Andy Bashir, and he was elected in 2019 by a very slim margin, and believe it or not, as a Democrat, In the state of Kentucky, which as we know is a pretty red state, he's actually very popular. He's the most popular Democratic governor in the country, according to Morning Consult. And uh, he has pretty moderate views that, I guess, help him with the state electorate. That doesn't say he doesn't have a strong challenger in this election. His opponent is Attorney General Daniel Cameron, who ironically, Andy Bashir was the Attorney General of Kentucky before being elected governor. And now Daniel Cameron, the current Attorney General, is going for that job too. I guess, forget about Lieutenant Governor. If you want to be Governor of Kentucky, become Attorney General first. <laughs> so Daniel Cameron won the primary, a very crowded one for that matter, back in May. Daniel Cameron has the endorsement of former President Donald Trump, along with Republican members of the state legislature and U.S. Congress. Meanwhile, Andy Bashir has some other endorsements from the Democratic electorate of the state, many county sheriffs, state legislators, and interestingly enough, rapper and actor Jack Harlow had a rally in Kentucky recently and asked his fans to vote for Andy Bashir. You know, Jack Harlow is originally from Louisville, Kentucky. I I didn't know that until I did my research. (laughs) Now, polls have been pretty close, but there have been polls that have been pretty far. 
The most recent poll I could find is from Emerson College, and it has the race in a dead heat, both tied at 47%. Meanwhile, another poll back from October by uh, Garen Hart Yang, it says here, had Andy Bashir leading by eight points. Meanwhile, a Republican-led poll by Coefficient has Andy Bashir leading by only two points, well within the margin of error. So it's going to be close, but, you know, all of the political reports do have it at either tilt Democrat or lean Democrat. So there is a good chance that Andy Bashir will keep his seat, but there's also a significant chance that Daniel Cameron can flip this seat. And Daniel Cameron will make history. If elected, he'll be Kentucky's first ever African-American governor. That's an election that people are really going to be looking at. Another one they're going to be looking at is the other gubernatorial election on the docket in the state of Mississippi. Now, Mississippi is a much more Republican state than Kentucky in terms of voters and indexes and things. But that doesn't say this one isn't all finished up yet. Governor Tate Reeves was elected in 2019, is running for re-election, and uh, unlike Andy Bashir, he is relatively unpopular amongst the voters and amongst his party. Although there was word he would receive a significant primary challenge back in August, he did not, and found his way into the Republican nomination. Now, the Democratic primary was not very eventful. Only one candidate ran. That's one of the only state executive offices that's currently held by a Democrat, I believe, if not the only one. And that's the Democratic nominee is Mississippi Public Service Commissioner Brandon Presley. And yes, he is related to Elvis, before you ask. (laughs) So Brandon Presley is the Democrat running in Mississippi, which may sound like a death sentence depending on who you ask, but it's he's not out of it yet. He does have moderate views on many issues. He's received endorsements from newspapers and organizations throughout the state, a few well-known Democratic politicians throughout the state as well as outside the state. And he was leading a poll back in January. However, since then, Tate Reeves has eclipsed that. He's been polling well in almost every other poll since, although one of the last polls was a democratically led poll by public policy polling, which had him leading Brandon Presley, but only by one point. Of course, it's it's a democratically led poll, so it could have been tilted toward Presley's favor. But despite that, a lot of people are saying this might be a lot closer than expected, although all the indexes do have it at either lean or safe Republican. Unlike Daniel Cameron's chances of winning Kentucky, Brandon Presley's chances of winning Mississippi are a bit slimmer. But it's still one to look at because, you know, this election does have a new rule compared to Mississippi's elections in the past. You see, back in the 1890 Constitution, and I'm seeing this on my computer here, in order for a candidate to win the governor's office, they needed not only a majority of the voters, but a majority of voters in a majority of state house districts. And that was basically put in there to keep from African-American voters from really having a say in elections. But that policy was taken out in 2020 when the voters decided to put a referendum on the ballot and said, you know, it's outdated, very much so, and it doesn't need to be used anymore. So they took it out, and now whoever wins a majority of the vote wins. If not, there's a runoff. But there's only two candidates here, so that won't happen. So with that rule in place, it could help Brandon Presley in a way. But depending on who votes, it could help Tate Reeves as well. And there are four states that are having state legislature elections. Not just special elections, but ones that are regularly scheduled. Those being the aforementioned Mississippi, as well as Louisiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. Now, a lot of these aren't really looked at, as many of them are safe for their respective parties. 
For example, Louisiana and Mississippi are very likely going to keep Republican control of their state legislatures. New Jersey, Democrats are likely going to keep their control of the state legislature there. In Virginia, however, is where it gets interesting. Now, Virginia, the state Senate, has a Democratic majority, 22 to 18. So pretty slim, although the election indexes say it does lean toward the Democrats. The House of Delegates, however, has a Republican majority, 52 to 48. And according to the index 270 to win, the Democrats are likely going to flip that. You know, all the seats are up for grabs and based on polls and things, that's how it looks. But this is a opportunity that the Republicans really want, because if they get it, then with a Republican governor, Glenn Youngkin, they'll have complete control of the state legislature. So they're going to be on the ground going for it. But Virginia has gotten more blue over the past few years. Joe Biden won in 2020. So it's really something to look at to see how the state of Virginia sways. And it could be a bellwether on how the country will sway in the 2024 presidential election. And finally, one more thing we'll be talking about is a referendum in the state of Ohio. This vote is issue one on the Ohio ballot. It's officially titled, quote, the right to reproductive freedom with protections for health and safety. This measure, if passed, will codify reproductive rights in Ohio's state constitution, restoring abortion access throughout the state. Because throughout the last couple of years, there's been bans on abortion by the state governor and legislature. Then a judge will pause the ban, and then the ban will go back again, and then it'll be paused again, and it was just a flip-flop. So the people of the state came together to put this referendum on the ballot. And that's one that people are going to be looking a lot for certain, because, you know, as ever since the Supreme Court ruling that overturned the original Roe v. Wade ruling, states throughout the country have been voting on the right to reproductive access, and many red states have had votes to completely ban it, and voters will come and not vote for it. And this could be another one of those times, as polls show that more people are leaning toward voting yes on this measure than no. But it's still very close. So it could be a chance for the anti-abortion movement to actually win a referendum. Those four elections I talked about are ones that are going to be looked at the most by political analysts and things. And with a year until the next presidential election, it could really show how the country is thinking and which way they're probably going to be going a year from now. So it's important to look at stuff like that because you really never know what can happen. And lastly, as always, I say, if you are a registered voter in the state of Kentucky, Mississippi, Virginia, Ohio, or anywhere else in the country that's having an election, as there are many cities that are having mayoral elections and city council elections and local referendums and things, if you live anywhere that's having an election on November 7th, I don't care who or what you vote for, but I do care that you vote. So please and uh, before I go, there's one last thing I want to add. We are currently in the month of November, and ever since I was in high school, I've participated in No Shave November, a time where I put down my razor and let my beard grow out freely for the world to see. And I realized over the years it's less about growing your hair out and more about raising awareness of health for men and women. So I have a fundraising page, which I have the link inside the description of this show on No Shave November. And all money that's donated will be given to Fight CRC, which is a nonprofit organization that is fighting every day to raise awareness and hopefully find a cure for colorectal cancer. So if you'd like to help out, go ahead and click that link down there and give what you can and put your razor down and let your hair grow freely. Well, that's all for 
this episode. Thank you for listening to Driscoll's Election Dissection. If you'd like to learn more about the show, go online to algidproductions.com slash across the circus and be sure to listen to us on any podcasting form you'd like. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you all very soon. Tuning in to this episode, proudly presented by the APNM Group, a subsidiary of Alger Productions LLC. We strive to produce content that informs, entertains, and adds value to your day. We value your input and would be delighted to hear your thoughts in the comments about this episode. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, please engage with us in the comments section or via our social media platforms. Your feedback helps us shape our content and uncover new topics that matter to our listeners. If this episode resonated with you, we kindly ask that you rate and review this show on your preferred podcast platform. Sharing this podcast with friends and family helps us reach more listeners and continue delivering content you enjoy. For more information about the podcast, the host, or our parent company, please visit the link in this episode's description. Also visit us on YouTube and Rumble to see and hear every content produced by Alger Productions. Thank you once again for your time and support. Until next time, stay tuned and stay inspired.